0: I'm continuing my series on on the stories of faith and I want to show you how all this works together so you'll have to hang with me this morning but I want to begin by reading from uh, Acts chapter 1. This was Jesus after he had ascended, I mean after he had uh, been resurrected and he met with his disciples at one time that says over 500 of his uh, followers uh, saw him after the resurrection and that we also know that only about 120 or so. Uh, lived to, to go into or, or stayed the course and met with all the other believers in the upper room for a, a, a period of about t- of 10 days. But Jesus said this before he ascended to the Father in Acts 1. He said, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Say The promise. You'll understand that more in a minute. Which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then you skip down to verse 8. Jesus said this, but you shall receive power. Say power. Dunamas. Dunamis. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So after you... After you Study this, and you find out they, they waited for 10 days. They didn't know it was 10 days, but they waited for 10 days, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And then after that 10-day period, guess what? The Holy Spirit came, and he didn't come like a, uh, like a nice little gentle dove. He came as fire. He came as fire, and cloven tongues of fire landed on everybody's head. It was like they could see the fire on your head, but you couldn't see the fire on your own head, okay? So they were looking at each other like, You got fire on your head, you know? It was like Michael Jackson. Remember when he got his hair caught fire? <laughs> They had, but their hair didn't catch fire. But they but they saw these these tongues of fire lighting on their head and all of a sudden be, there was this sound of a rushing mighty wind and all the, all, all of the, the world of, of Jerusalem, that, I mean the Jews from all over the world had come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Harvest and they hear this sound and they're all congregating together and then all of a sudden these 120 disciples, followers of Christ begin to speak in a language that wasn't their own and all these other people begin to hear their own language and thought, these Galileans, they, they must be drunk, what's going on? And they, they actually thought they might be drunk because of all the the things that were going on but they began to hear the praises to God and then Peter who'd never preached a sermon in his life stepped up and he preached empowered by the Holy Spirit he preached the message and that day over 3,000 people got saved after he's preaching he's preaching to a message to people that crucified Jesus Christ that said he was a criminal he was a liar he was a thief they, they, they said all that about him, so they, he said, after they hear the word, they, they say, what must we do? And he says, well, you need to be, repent, be baptized for the remission of your sins. And 3,000, 3,000, can you imagine how dirty that water would look after 3,000 people went in? 3,000 people were saved that day. Now, here's what, and you're going to hear my opinion on some of these things because uh, this is what God speaks to me, and he's asked me, asked me to speak to you, so... I believe that it's vital for every believer to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not everyone is. You'll find out in this message why I say that. But I believe it is vital. Say vital. vital. That every believer be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe that it's vital for us if we're going to walk in the power of, the, of, of God, we have to have this next baptism, so to speak, if you want to call it. Some people say we have three baptisms. We're baptized into the blood. That's when we're saved. And we're baptized into the water, which took place this morning, and then we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, I believe that when you're saved, God breathes the Holy Spirit and fills you up inside with, your, with the Spirit of God. I believe that when, when Jesus returned, He had His disciples together in the room. He said He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then He said, Go wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you in power. So I believe that there's a second act there. I believe that we're, bat- we're saved and we're filled with the Holy Spirit i believe that that is a spirit that seals you until the day of redemption i believe that if you never get baptized in the holy spirit you're still going to go to heaven that's just my belief if you want to if you have some other thoughts on that that's okay but i just believe that that i believe that's what the bible teaches then i also believe that it's it's like water you can drink water and get water in you but then you can get water you can get doubts with water and it can come upon you and i believe that the second work of god is is the baptism the holy spirit I, th- I believe it's a separate act I believe you can have all those things happen at one time but I still believe they're individual acts that happen upon believers and, and if you don't understand or if you don't believe that that's okay okay uh, because I just is I, this is what God has led me over my journey as a Christian for these last 70 years okay I believe that the Holy Spirit is a gift you know why I believe that because the Bible says it is it's a gift I believe that when, we, as we studied Hebrews 11:6, I think there's an application here. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I believe if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe that you have to become a diligent seeker of the Lord. I really, I truly believe that. So, baptism in the Holy Spirit is an act of faith. I also believe that there is no formula to it. A lot of people like to box it in and make it a nice, neat little package that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit in a certain way. But if I went across the room and asked asked when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, how did it happen, I would probably get so many different stories. Because God does not like to be boxed into a formula. You Read through the scriptures. He did things differently all the time, even when he healed people. How many times did Jesus put mud on somebody's eye and say, Be healed. And, And One time did I read, but other times he just spoke. So there's, God does not want to be but put it in a box, and I, sometimes I think the church has done that. I think the church has boxed God in and said, this is how, da-da, 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 da it happens just like that. And if it doesn't, da-da, 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 happen just like that for you, you get confused. and go, well, I don't understand, maybe I don't, maybe I don't get it, maybe I haven't got it. Does that make sense? Because everything we do is by faith. I believe that the primary evidence, listen to me, I believe the primary evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you shall have power to be my witnesses. Do I believe in, the, in, in speaking in tongues? Do I believe that you get the gift of tongues? Yes, I believe that. But Jim, uh, Paul said if, he, if you're going to try, if you want one of the gifts, the best gift to get is prophecy. He said desire prophecy. And so, so many times we boxed God in again and said, well, baptism in the Holy Spirit, you've got to speak in tongues. Listen, I believe you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit without actually speaking in tongues. And I know people will disagree with me. That's okay. You can be wrong all the time if you want to. <laughs> you know why? Because I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't speak in tongues until later on. And I know many people can give, you, give that testimony. Can I get a witness? Is there anybody here this morning? All around the room. And, but you're like, okay, I want that. And God says, well, okay, I'll give it to you. And so it's by faith that we do all these things, church. I also believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is more of a benefit for others than it is for you. I believe it was given to the church so we could use those gifts to bless the world, to bless, the, to peop- to bless people, to, to come into that knowledge of Jesus Christ, to be delivered, to be saved, and all those things. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is super, super important. But I think it comes from a place Really down deep when you say, I want everything God has for me. But I believe with all my heart that there are Christians that don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe there are denominations that teach that there's nothing like that. It didn't happen, That only happened back then. It was to institute the church, the New Testament church, and it was just meant for back then. And you know why? I believe that many preachers won't preach the gifts. They won't preach the baptism because they don't want to have the responsibility to, of living it. And if you don't believe it, then you don't have to participate in it. That's real easy. But it takes faith to do what to operate in the gifts. We're going to be doing Wednesday nights. I encourage you, fill this place up on Wednesday nights this summer. You're going to grow in your faith. You're going to grow. You're going to learn what it means to operate in the gifts. You're going to learn, you're going to learn what it means to have a tongue or interpretation of tongue or having a gift of, of the words of knowledge or words of wisdom or uh, miracles and, and faith and healings. We're going to go through all of that the, this summer. And I think if you, if you really want to press in and find out what that's about, you'll be here. But if you don't care, you're going to stay someplace that we're going to get into in Scripture here in a minute. i want to give you the last seven sermons in about three minutes. I'm going to catch you up. Okay, you ready? going to have to really pay attention. Don't get me distracted. Okay. Here we go. Hebrews 11. Abel gave his best, Cain put him to rest, Enoch blessed the, pleased the Lord, and then he flew away. Then Noah built an ark out, of gopher bark, then waited for it to rain. His family came too inside the floating zoo. Forty days and forty nights it did pour. Then the land dried up. Noah sent out a dove. Then his family started everything over. Then Abraham was called. His face stood tall. He went not knowing where he was going. His inheritance meant living in tents, looking for God was he was bestowing. Then came Abe's wife Sarah. She was barren as a desert. She laughed when God said she'd have a boy. So she prepared her bed with a man as good as dead. And her laughter finally turned into joy. So then Isaac had come, his father left his son, then God told Abraham to kill him. So he put him on the altar, his faith did not falter. Abe knew that if he died, God would heal him. So Isaac lived a father, Jacob and his brother, and Jacob had 12 sons and one was Joseph. Joseph had a dream, his brothers had a scheme, but through the trials God was always so close. So Joseph's dreams came true, he saved his family too, then he died and gave instructions of his bones. The Israelites multiplied, the new king became terrified, so he made plans to kill their firstborn. But Moses' parents weren't afraid. They built a boat for their babe, set him in the river, and watched him from afar. Then Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe. By God's timing, he was saved. Moses grew into a man in Pharaoh's court. But Moses always knew that he really was a Jew, so he stood up for his brothers. But it backfired. An Egyptian he did slay, and then he ran away. His life had now become such a quagmire. So he became a shepherd, quite the new endeavor, until one day he saw a burning tree. God said, Take off your shoes. I've got for you some news. I want you to set my people free. It took some convincing. Moses did some flinching, but eventually he obeyed. He confronted Pharaoh, who wouldn't let the Jews go, so God sent ten terrible plagues. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Just like the bricks and mortar, he didn't want his workforce to leave. Then God sent an angel. What he did was painful, and it caused Pharaoh finally to concede. But the Jews were all saved because Moses obeyed. He put the blood of the lamb over the door. So Pharaoh said to go, Take our silver and our gold. Bless me, too, as you go and serve your Lord. Then Moses led his people out, Pharaoh, he began to doubt, he sent his army out to track them all down. The Red Sea was ahead, they were all as good as dead, but they crossed on dry land, they didn't drown. The Egyptians that followed, they all got swallowed, the Israelites were finally set free. Then Moses got the law, but how fast they did fall, they made a golden and had a party. <laughs> so because they disobeyed, for forty years they did stay in the wilderness with their manna and quail. The Promised Land was waiting, the spies were debating. But in the end, their fear prevailed. Even after liberation, there was a whole generation that never crossed over the Jordan. And then Moses died on the wilderness side, and Joshua was now given a promotion. God said, Don't be afraid. I'll never leave you forsake. The promised land is yours for the taking. Just follow my command, and to this promised land, a kingdom for you I am making. So they crossed on dry land. God always had a plan. Word spread the Jews were the new kids in town. So the people of Jericho shut their gates, they all laid low, and God said, By faith, those walls are coming down. For six days they marched around. They didn't make a sound except for the trumpets that they blew. But on the seventh day they yelled. They watched as the walls fell. They believed God's promises were true. And that's as far as I got. That's that's that part in a nutshell. You're all caught up if you missed the last seven weeks. You're all caught up. So wow, well, I wish all of his sermons were that short. <laughs> I think that was about three minutes, okay. So there was bondage. Then there was freedom. Then there was rebellion. And then with the rebellion came a wilderness experience. For Christians today, the wilderness, I believe, is called backsliding. The thing is, many Christians prefer to stay in the wilderness. The promised land was only about a two-weeks journey from the Red Sea. Think about it. Two weeks, if they would have waited for Moses, forgot about the calf, and said, well, we're following Moses... We're listening to God because we know He's listening to God. We're following Moses. Two weeks, that could have been into the promised land. But because they rebelled, listen, I believe, I believe, here's what I believe I believe that Moses was a form of Jesus. He was a, is a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. I believe God said, I want you to let me set my people free. And I believe when he came and he spoke, the enemy, which were Pharaoh would represent the enemy, he finally said, okay, okay, I give up. And he said, get out of here, get out of here. But I believe when they crossed through the Red Sea, and it's funny that God would call it, name it the Red Sea because of the blood of Jesus. And I believe the Red Sea represents our, our baptism because of our salvation, or our, separ- our freedom from, from bondage. Y'all following me? So they, they went through the water, water baptism, and they went to the other side. And now they are saved. God is with them. He's not going to leave them. He's not, he said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. And they had a choice do you want to keep moving forward or do you want to stay in the wilderness you have a choice this morning if you want to stay in the wilderness or you want to move and you want to cross the jordan into the promised land jesus said i've got a promise for you go and wait for the promise and then god said go into the promised land so some of you this morning you're in the wilderness and now here's the here's the thing i would love to talk you out of the wilderness. I would just—I would love you if I could just talk you out of the wilderness. But you've got to have a God encounter. You've got to have a Holy Ghost experience that says, no, this is not where you stay in apathy. Oh, I'm just going to make it to church once in a while. I'll just, I'll be, I'll try to be good. You know, I'll go and I'll say my prayers and I'll do this. I'll read the Bible once in a while and you don't operate in power. You don't touch anybody's life. You don't pray for any of the sick. You don't see any miracles. You don't see any signs. You don't see any wonders because you're not operating in the power because you're in the wilderness. I was in the wilderness. I was in the wilderness for 30 years of my Christian life. 30 years. Wasted years in a lot of ways. Not totally wasted, but in a lot of ways they were. 17 years of age, I gave my life to Jesus. I felt like I made him Lord of my life. But see, I had been taught error almost all of my life. I taught the gifts had ceased. There's nothing else. And after, after 30 years of serving the Lord faithfully, faithfully, leading worship, leading a college class in a denominational church and seeing God move and, and, and just really thinking, man, God's got, God, God's got me, man, I'm in the center of his will. And God said, yeah, you're in the center of my will. He said, but at the age of 30, I called you into full-time ministry and you've been staying in the wilderness. I said, well, God, what do I do? And he said, well, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, what in the world is that? I I was taught that was a dead thing. That was not anymore. That was just for them back then. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? He's talking to the church, babies in Christ that wanted to stay, babies in Christ. Oh, please change my diaper. I can't do it. Do it for me. Feed me, man. Oh, you're so hungry, God. Feed me some manna. So he did. Oh, we're tired of manna. Could you give us some meat? Yeah, I'll give you some quail. See, the wilderness wasn't a total loss because in the wilderness, they built a tabernacle. In the wilderness, they created, they, they formed, they built the Ark of the Covenant. See, you can do some good things in the wilderness. You can hang out in the wilderness and you can, God can move in the wilderness. I, I understand that. But he wanted to, he wanted them. he said, listen, why are you standing here when you've got this over there? That's so much better. Is anybody hearing me this morning? I what would what what could a church that's full of people that have been baptized really baptized in Holy Spirit? What could we accomplish in this city? But see, a lot of people they 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 show up and you don't really you haven't moved on. Still in the nursery. You Still want somebody to feed you, Pastor. Feed me. I haven't got the word for a whole week, Pastor. Would you just feed me? No, feed. You go feed yourself. <laughs> Betty, I need Betty, Pam, Betty, Pam. No, start walking in your giftings, walk in your calling, walk in obedience. <laughs> oh, we all want somebody to. Pull us out of the gutter and help us all the time. You're supposed to be the one pulling people out of the gutter. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works, church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he sure, is, he sure is stepping on my toes today. Yeah. Well, get some better, get some steel-toed shoes. Yeah. I think people in the wilderness are wearing steel toe shoes, a matter of fact. They didn't, you know, their shoes didn't even wear out. The women of today would have hated that. You would have, got, you would have got out of the wilderness just to get a new pair of shoes. Or oh, you guys, don't, it's not just the women. I know you like your new sneakers. I know not, you like the new brands and all that. I, I didn't even know there were so many brands of, of, of shoes. We can't even call them tennis shoes anymore because they are all sorts of shoes. Can you imagine your clothes not wearing out, wearing the same outfit for 40 years? Hey, baby, you look the same as you did 20 years ago. I like your shoes. No, those are the same shoes you had 30 years ago. I mean, I could go on and on about the wilderness. And they were just grumbling and complaining most of the time. You know any, you know any Christians that are grumblers and complainers? I Man, the Lord's been putting on my heart. I'm gonna, it's going to be soon. I'm going to be preaching on the critical spirit. Y'all, y'all really want to be here for that one. You think I'm fired up today. Wait till I, All right, Joshua 1. This is a great passage. Everybody needs this passage. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. That didn't mean he didn't have any parents, okay? Just because he was the son of Nun. Laughter. boom moses assistant saying moses my servant is dead okay i'm gonna stop right there i'm gonna preach through this passage just a little bit moses my servant is dead in other words what what did aaron say today the past is the past the past is dead see they go oh moses we want moses moses is dead (laughs) moses gone some of you want to go back oh somebody help me back here moses dead he's dead he's dead dead. now therefore arise and go over this jordan you and all this people to the land which i'm given to them the children of israel Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. He didn't say, I'm going to give you. He said, I've given you. It's present tense. Some of you are waiting for God to do something for you. He's already done it. He's already done it. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Man should not be able to stop you from what God's called you to do. Oh, Oh, but you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know the people at work. You don't know my friends. You don't know the people I hang out with. Well, if they're the ones that are stopping you, then grow some holy grits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Grits. Well, I don't know where that. Is. Oh. These aren't like good things for that reel on Facebook probably, you know. And. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even in the wilderness. If you're in the wilderness this morning, he hadn't left you. You may feel like he has. He hasn't because his promises are true. Be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance of the land. God's got this inheritance. See, I don't think many people know that I believe the inheritance is the Holy Spirit. At the baptism, he's waiting for some of you. He's waiting for some of you, your inheritance. Which I swore to the fathers to give them, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you... God wants you to prosper. Did you know that? I'm not preaching a prosperity message. I'm just preaching the word. Okay? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day to night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. For I have, not have, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Like he said, did you not hear me the first time? I'm with you wherever you go. I'm with you wherever you go. I want you to prosper. I, I want you not to be afraid. I want you don't be discouraged. I'm with you. 120 or so believers in the upper room. Remember, there were 500 that saw Jesus after he was resurrected. Only 120 or so made it to the upper room. So I'm going to say those 380 might have stayed in the wilderness. I don't know. They didn't get there. They didn't get to that next level. So Joshua did the same thing as Jesus did. Jesus gave them instructions. I want you to go and wait for the promise he said, not many days from now. They didn't know exactly how many days, but he said, go away for the promise. Joshua had the same thing. He, God said, go and tell the people to get ready, get ready because the land is ours. We're going to go across the Jordan and he's going to, we're going to go behind the ark of the covenant and it's already our land. Wherever our feet step, it's our property. Yeah. Woo. Man, what do you need to take authority over today? What, what's in front of you that you need to step on and say, ah, this is mine. So he prepared the people, then they took action. They had to do something. You hear that from me all the time. Faith without works is what? D-E-A, dayed, in Texan language. Dayed, two syllables. Dayed, say dayed. Yeah. (laughs) So if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe you're still waiting in the wilderness. God will let you stay there but his desire for you is fullness. It's abundance. It's the more than. You know, it kind of scared me when people started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My wife started hanging out with these crazy charismatic women. We were in a Baptist church, and she started hanging out with these women. They were going to the Baptist church. What are they doing here? Get, go. Go where you belong. (laughs) So she started hanging out with them, and and she came home today and she's, she, they talked to me. They tried to pray her into the, you know, get her, get her filled with the Holy Spirit. And she's, I, I believe she's already baptized in the Holy Spirit, but she wanted her prayer language. She comes home and she gets her prayer language. And, and that was really cool. And then I feel intimidated. Well, you got something I don't got. You know? <laughs> I want what you got. God did for me, it's totally different than what He did, how He did it for her. I was just like, okay, God, whatever you got for me because I'm here. I'm ready. You've called me. I know everything is falling apart around us. It doesn't look so good for all of us, but everything, okay, I'm, I'm in the center. I'm in your hands, Lord. Do what you want to with me. And It became my simple prayer was, God, I want everything you have for me. I don't want that. The preacher says, I want what you say I can have. So I just began to believe, and I had a vision, and I had this incredible vision. It was daytime. I know it was a vision because it wasn't a dream. I saw it. I heard God's voice, and man, it just immediately changed my life. Ooh, that wasn't very good. Changed my life. Just like that. I didn't have a prayer language. I didn't even know how to get that, you know, and I just went, okay, God. A- and I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that I was a different person from that point on. Anybody, can I get a witness for anybody? Just knew that, you know, it was just, it's by faith I received it, but God, like, I didn't, it wasn't a lightning bolt. I had that, I really had a vision. It was an incredible vision. So, Joshua 3 says, so, verse 14, so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, where the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people and those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and meet the, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark, dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of, guess what it was? Harvest. Feast of harvest. God's timing is so cool. Then the waters which came down from the upstream stood still, rose in a heap far away at Adam and the city that is by, beside Zerotan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over the opposite Jer- Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all, the, all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. You know what's so uh, interesting about this? It was a whole other generation that crossed God said, but you know what, you didn't you know, get you to go through the Red Sea. You, I just, I'll just take you through the Jordan. Hey, kids, come on, I'm going to show you what I can do. And, and said the waters were heaped up. It was a time when all the flooding was taking place, and, and the waters were heaped up. And I don't know about you, but that would be a little bit freaky to step out and, even into the concho River, you know. It's freaky enough to get into the concho River, but... But the sea, the water just began. As soon as the, the priest stepped, put their foot in the ground, they had the Ark of the Covenant with them, and it just, whoosh. And they walked across, and think about how muddy it must have been. And they said it was dry ground. Dry ground. So said, we're going to go to the other side. So the next generation entered into the promised land. And then they just sat back, and God did all the rest huh huh no 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 see I thought when you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit you got it that was it anybody like me Just like so naive in such a way that hey I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit I guess I, I think I'll just you know I'll just walk through the room and people will fall out and you know and I'll just I'll never be tempted again oh no more sin no more sin for me no was some stuff i had to do i had to continue to study i had to continue to pray i had to continue to seek god's face just because you get the baptism of the holy spirit doesn't mean it's automatic guys that everything just oh everything becomes roses all of a sudden you're and you're you're like everything's went from black and white to color it's not like that but what god did say is i've given you power I've given you the ability to do some things you weren't, be, you weren't able to do before or you didn't even have the unction to do before. And all of a sudden you get words of knowledge and you pray for somebody and they get well, they get healed. And you're like, "Woo! this is awesome. Because God shows up. Because all you've done is become a willing vessel. So they, they, cross, the, they cross the Jordan but they still have things they've got to do across the Jordan. Right? Right? The first thing is this little city called Jericho. And guess who Jericho represents? Jericho represents the enemy. Because if they didn't conquer Jericho, man, they might as well hike back and float or swim across the Jordan and get back to the wilderness. See, some Christians, even after they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they think, well, I've got it all. I don't have to do anything anymore. And they end up swimming back and going back to the old The wilderness experience. I really believe you can go back there even after you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because you have a choice. You still have free will. So now I'm going to come to the one verse. Oh, my goodness. Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. I want to ask you, what are the walls around that you need to see come down in your life? What are the walls that you need to see come down in your life? What is the obstacle that's keeping you from moving forward in faith? What are the things that are out there that you have constantly battled and they constantly beat you down? Because if, if you've got walls, God's got a formula. I don't like to use the word formula, but God has a way for you to see the walls come down. And you know what he did? He said, this is the plan I've got for you. Joshua six twelve. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. And The Lord said to Joshua, see. Say, see. see. I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. They're yours. You got them. Whatever you're battling, God says, see, I've already given that to you. I've already given you victory. You know what faith does? Faith sees a victory before the victory takes place. Y'all understand what I'm saying this morning? Right now you see an obstacle and you think that obstacle is so big. Oh, I don't know how we're going to ever get past that. I'm never going to be victorious over that. And God says, no, 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 no. I I already told you, you're victorious. You just got to see it. You got to see it with your spiritual eyes you got to start looking with a quit looking with your flesh through these eyes and start looking in the spirit and believing God's promises and he said he said Joshua it's yours and Joshua went okay what do I do next this is what he said. You shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. I want you to see how many times he says shall in here. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will still fall, will fall down flat. And the people shall go up. Every man straight before him. See, I love the word because he says shall, 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 shall. Shall to me means obedience. It's not, hey, you might want to do this. Hey, you might, you may think about this. Hey, you may do that. No, he says, you shall do it. You've got to quit saying, oh, I don't know if I can. God says you can do all things to Christ who gives you the strength. Quit saying I might do it. Maybe tomorrow I'll do it. You know, maybe next Sunday I'll get baptized. In Holy- maybe next week I'll get baptized in the water. Maybe next month I'll get saved because i still got a lot of wild oats. So maybe, 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 maybe. I mean, God says, no, you say shall. I shall listen to the Lord. I shall walk in obedience. I shall be baptized. I shall be saved. I shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I shall walk in power. I shall take the land that God's already said is mine. I shall take dominion. I shall take authority. He quit saying I might. Might is like double-mindedness. These signs shall follow them that believe in, them in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up servants. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. For very last, end, you that whoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's the only time I quote King James because he like shall. Faith obeys. Faith sees. Faith obeys. So the people shouted when the, the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout on the wall, fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And they took the city. Faith is the victory. I love it because the first six days, you know what Joshua said? Don't say a word. <laughs> That's all they could do, and just blow the trumpets. But the six days—can you imagine if you're in Jericho and you'd heard about the Jordan drying up, and all the people who like who climbing up on top of the wall, they're looking. Oh, they're—they're they're walking around. They're not saying anything. Oh, 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 oh. hide! I heard the trumpet. They're coming. Six days. How many of you would have quit after three days, four days, five days? Whew. In the upper room, seven days, eight days, nothing's happening, nine days, nothing's happening. See, you see the parallels? You see how these fit together? Walk around, don't say anything, just trust God, just trust God, just trust God, just trust God. Seventh day, you can shout now. Blow the trumpets and shout! Woo! Y'all know how to shout? Let me hear a shout. Yeah! Woo! I almost fell down. Man. Faith, John, 1 John 5, I want to finish with this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Remember, they were given all sorts of instructions. Keep his commandments, church. And his commandments are not burdensome. I love that because we might we always say, well, let's just do hard. No, he said they're not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, our faith. Say our faith. Our faith. He who is Who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith sees, faith obeys, and faith is victorious. And by faith, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By faith, you walk it out. By faith, you hear his voice. By faith, you do what he's called you to do. And by faith, you will see the blind see. You will see the lame walk. You will see the dead be raised up. You will see the leper cleansed. You will see uh, marriages restored. You will see families restored. You will see addicts come free and clean. You will see all these amazing things by faith. By faith. Let's stand.